this scripture is about how Jesus, uh, in verse chapter five of John, maybe check it out. This uh, right before this, Jesus had sort of given up on his disciples in a way because they were just so um, messed up. Like earlier in chapter four, when Jesus is meeting with the Samaritan woman and having this incredible encounter where he reveals himself to her and then sends her to to kind of uh, win over her community and all these people come to faith and the disciples all they can think about is why is Jesus talking with a woman you know they're kind of clueless and it's kind of funny because uh, then we just don't see them for a while and um, which is so we're just meant to I think get our attention off of them and focus it on Jesus and uh, at least that's how I read it and then there's this really cool miracle story of this of this uh, official who goes up um, from Capernaum up to Cana and gets Jesus, tries to bring him down to heal his son, but Jesus just heals him from a distance. And the guy finds out that right when Jesus said, your son is living, that's when he recovers. And, and, it's, uh, and then this story. So it says, after these things, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Okay, so Jesus is heading to the feast. That probably was some religious thing that happened in the temple. And, um, but check it out. Jesus doesn't go there because he's got more important things to do. He says, now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porticos. So there's a pool with these five porches where, uh, which were kind of people could get in out of the rain and out of the sun. And, um, and in the, these lay a multitude that's like a lot of people, like a crowd of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered. Okay, waiting for the moving of the waters. And we'll, we'll follow up on that in a second. So who's in the porticos? Who's in the five porticos? Like what kind of people are there in that, in the sheep, the sheep gate? The blind, the lame. The blind, the lame. Who would be the equivalent of those kind of people today? Where would be like the sheep gates of our county? Facebook. Facebook, <laughs> the hospitals. Okay, Jessica was mentioning um, the second floor of her of her motel where she works, where a lot of homeless people are be, are being provided housing. Um, our jail, uh, you know, like think of all those pods in our jail, like the mental health pod, the sex offender pod, the Norteño pod, the Sureño pod, the women's work release, all the different, you know. Um, where else would be the places like if, if you were Jesus came and said, Hey, I'm looking for the sheep gate. I'm looking for the five porches. Where would we take him? Well, anyway, think about that. I, I love it how Jesus, Jesus goes there. Jesus goes there. All the trap houses just think he knows where every one of those trap houses are. He does because he knew where this place was because he went there. Okay. And Jesus is on the move and he's heading to all these places. He's at large, okay? But he's also looking for recruits. So he's looking for you and me. He needs workers for the harvest. That's what he just had said in chapter four earlier. He says, you know, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are too few. So beg the Lord of the harvest to cast out workers into the harvest. So Jesus needs you, you know, he's, uh, he's recruiting tonight. Okay, so check it out. Uh, all these people were waiting for the moving of the waters. Okay, for an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. 
whoever then was there first after the stirring up of the water who stepped in was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. Okay, that's kind of weird. Like there's this pool where, um, you, you know, the angel Lord comes at certain seasons, which are, nobody knows when that is. And um, it just could happen now or later or never. And, um, and then the only ones that benefit are the first person that gets there when the water stirs. You gotta be looking at the water and says, is that the stirring or is that just the wind? Then you gotta get there fast. You're hurry, hurry, hurry. I got there first. All right, I'm healed. Too bad for you. You know, um, what kind of God would that be who works that way, who just only helps the fastest and the first? What image of God would these people have? Limited God. A limited God, yeah. So it's. Oh, I don't like God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, do we see God that way ever? Like God only helps the people that are that are that are the fastest and the first. Do the fastest and the first seem to be better off than the rest of us? Yes. You think that's God or not? Okay. Well, so these people had like um, they had uh, superstition. It's kind of a superstition, like. Okay, another example. If we all went up to the casino up the road here at Bow, and um, and we all uh, we all were given like five hundred bucks, and we had to spend it. Okay, um, it's hard to know how many of us would come away with any of that money left. Maybe some of us would really cash it in. But what kind of God would it be if God was represented by what happens at the casino? Arbitrary. arbitrary yeah so kind of uh like you, you lucky you know uh, like a lucky charm kind of god right okay some people get it some people don't okay some people are healthy some people aren't some people never get cancer some people get cancer some people don't get dementia they have clear heads all the way to the their old age and other people get horrible dementia and no one they can't remember anyone like doesn't it seem like life is like that just really unfair but what's interesting is that that's not god god doesn't have any part in that see god is working in the midst of of of, of our world in this really unjust world where where there's just it seems like it's just so unfair right some people strike it rich other people just can never pay their bills you know some people are healthy as ever and other people just die young right um, some people are, are their kids go to a school that gets have, has a shooter come and blow all the blow the kids away. And others of us have gone through school and that's never happened. It's like we live in this really unfair world. Okay, but let's see what Jesus is doing in that unfair world. Okay, first of all, we learned that there's a man who's been there for 38 years. Wow. Okay, a man's been sick and he's been there for 38 years. So, man, if I were that guy, I'd be feeling pretty pretty hopeless like just think he's probably seen tons of his friends you know people he came to have friendships with who aren't there anymore because the angel came stirred up the waters they got there first and then they were out of there okay so this guy's been there and he's just watched everyone get bailed out but he's just stuck because no one's posting bail for him he's watched everybody who even people that were guilty have money for a expensive attorney and 
they've been able to get out even though they were guilty and here I am innocent and I can't afford even my public defender doesn't even visit me and wow you know we so this is this is the world we live in so let's see what Jesus does about it when Jesus saw him he saw him lying there and he knew that he'd already been there a long time in that condition what does that tell us about God what Jesus uh, that Jesus saw him and knew that he'd been lying there in that condition for a long time. So Jesus knows that, you know, when he knows everyone who's out there who's depressed, who's thinking about taking their lives, he knows. He sees and he knows. That doesn't scare him away. Doesn't scare him away. He's there. He comes there. Um, he comes there. He comes. And through the Holy Spirit, he comes, and maybe through you, through me, because maybe we're the, we're the carriers, we're the presence of God too, right? But Jesus is a God who sees. You know, the very first person that, was, that ever named God was this woman named Hagar, who, uh, who calls him, you are a God who sees. That's the first person that names God. She was a slave of Abraham, and she fled because she was being mistreated. And the angel of the Lord found her by this, by this well. And then, you know, meets her up, meets up with her and just blesses her like crazy. And then she names him, you are a God who sees. So then look what this guy, this God, Jesus says. Okay. Um, he said to him, do you want to get well? That's kind of a weird question. Um, it's interesting. Jesus doesn't say, hey, do you know who's there in front of you right now? Yours truly, me. I'm the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Do you believe that? You want to get saved? You want to be born again? Now is your opportunity. You want to escape the flames of hell? Does Jesus give a preach to the guy and try to win him over to become a, you know, a, a saved, saved soul? It's kind of interesting. The thing that Jesus does is he he treats him with so much respect. He he just says, "Look, do you want to be? Do you want to be better?" He doesn't assume the guy wants to be better. How many of you have ever been like addicted to something and you didn't want to stop? Okay, yeah. So how many of us uh, just have patterns of life, lifestyle patterns that people give us crap about, and we don't want to change them yet? Even though everyone knows that we're just maybe angry or anxious or impatient or grumpy or whatever it is, right? Have you ever, can you think of anything that you don't want, you don't want to change about yourself, but everyone else would love it to change? <laughs> <laughs> so jesus when he says do you want to be made well that's a good question right okay so let's see what the guy says it's funny and to think this guy doesn't know who jesus is jesus is just this unknown character this guy who shows up at this well i mean at the, at the sheep sheep gate um, the man sick man answered him sir i have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. So this guy's complaining, isn't he? He's, a, he's, a, he's, he's like blaming the whole situation on him not having anyone to help him in and how it's not fair. Someone else always gets there. He doesn't have anyone to help him. So does Jesus say, well, I'm your man. I've come right now. And my angel, the angel of the Lord, come on, angel, stir the waters. Does Jesus kind of try to make it happen and then say, well, here I am. Let's see what he does. He says, um, get up, pick up your mattress and walk. 
get up, pick up your mattress and walk. What? How can I do that? I've, I've been laying here for 38 years. You know, um, I mean, Jesus tells this guy to do something impossible, right? He tells him just to, you know, to kind of be better. And, um, and look what happens. Immediately, the man became well. Immediately, the man became well. He didn't even need to get into the water, right? And he picked up his mattress and he began to walk. So um, all this happens without him knowing who Jesus is. And it's on the Sabbath. So Jesus and everybody are, and, and the man are about ready to get into trouble. So the Jews were saying to the man who had been cured, it's the Sabbath and it's not permissible for you to carry your mattress. Okay, he's busted. Like the sirens are going and the lights are flashing and the guy's thinking he's going to get a ticket. He's about ready to get a ticket, right? Like Gracie and I, we were pulled over yesterday and um, Gracie was driving. <laughs> but, but I'm sure that she wasn't going what the guy said. The guy said something wasn't true. <laughs> I was praying and we got mercy. We didn't have to pay and get a ticket or anything. So anyway, this guy's busted, okay? And but he said it's not it's illegal for you to carry your mattress. But he answered them, he who made me well was the one who said to me, pick up your pallet and walk. So this guy rats on Jesus. Right? He gets he get he rats on Jesus and that's not cool. It's like he puts the blame. It's like Adam, the woman who you gave me, she made me eat this fruit, right? So this guy is right away like to take deflecting the blame, putting it on, on Jesus. But he doesn't, the problem is they asked him, well, who is the man who said to you, pick up your pallet and walk? But the man who was healed didn't know who it was. For Jesus had slipped away while they were, there was a crowd in that place. So Jesus kind of did a drive-by, like Gracie was saying the other day. This is a drive-by healing, right? Where he And he gets away with it without anyone knowing who, who did it. And so, um, and what's cool is that he did it completely by, you know, without there being anything that this guy was doing. He wasn't doing anything righteous, right? He wasn't praying. He hadn't changed his life. He hadn't, you know, been fasting. We know of nothing righteous. He wasn't reading his Bible. Okay. And he didn't even know who Jesus was. Look at that. And um, so then... Um, Afterwards, Jesus found him. So Jesus is this sneaky sort of uh, guy who's like working behind the scenes in a hidden way, right? Showing us that, that maybe that that's how God still is. Okay, Because if Jesus is the same, if God is the same every, yesterday, today, and forever, then is God like this? Does God kind of sneak up on, on us and heal us and not even let us know that it's him? Okay, and then we, we're just like, we're better? <laughs> And but but we don't know what he's done. We don't know it's him. You know, I was thinking about this this week because we had this, such a cool story with uh, Tammy. You know, with this uh, with her son, her stepson, who who um, she puts the word out after he was shot in um, West West Mount Vernon, right? And um, you know, pray. Uh, you know, pray. Uh, Lorinda was the one that got the word out, right? And so a bunch of us were praying. And, um, you know, but, but Lance didn't know anyone was praying because he was like unconscious. 
in the hospital at Harborview, right? And um, anyway, the blood stops. And like within a couple of days, he's like walking. And uh, it's like a miracle because he was on a respirator and everything, right? And wow, what a powerful story. And then I visit, I visit with him and, and he says, yeah, you know, I said, do you believe in God? He says, yeah, I believe in a higher power. But like, you know, he, he, it's just so cool because here's Jesus healing, doing the healing work. And, and it's not like Jesus is requiring a certain belief system. I remember this guy we were with um, in Russia and uh, we were supposed to pray for these guys in his recovery house. And there was all these guys, they kind of had to receive prayer because it was the recovery house and we were the outsiders that came in. And so all these guys, really tough Russian guys, they're very tough looking guys. I mean, they all have big gnarly scars across their foreheads because the, what they use there is a crowbars. They have these little tiny crowbars that they whack each other with. And uh, so crowbars are like the weapon of choice because most people can't get handguns very easily. It's harder to get guns there. So man, people have like indentations in their, in their skulls. And you know, it's crazy. I mean, you wouldn't believe praying for people. You just think, wow, what happened to that guy or that woman? But anyway, these people came up for prayer and um, we were praying for just one after the other. And this guy comes who looks so, so scary. And I just, um, and I feel like I'm supposed to ask him to put out his hands. And, um, and so he puts out his hands and I just say, um, this comes to me, like, I'm so tired. You know, Gracie and I were just fried because we've been going from place to place to place to place. And this was like at the end of a whole day when then the pastor said, oh, can you just go and go to this next place and pray for just a couple of people? But there's like 30 people there. And so we're praying. And anyway, so I said, Jesus is healing you from the blood. He's cleansing you from the bloodshed, from the blood. And he's forgiving you for all of your sins. And as soon as I say this, the guy just starts shaking like this. He falls down backwards and he's just shaking on the ground. And then I got down, I prayed over his heart, and, you know, just like praying over his, for God to heal his heart, just different things. So then we find out later on that that guy had um, been part of the Russian military in Afghanistan. And he was one of the special forces guys that would go in ahead of the troops and, and just massacre civilians. And then he ended up killing two soldiers and was in a military prison for years. And then, um, then he got out and came back to Russia. Then he found out his, his uh, sister or his niece was raped. So he went with an ax and he broke into the apartment of the rapist and murdered both of the guys and then went off to do prison time. And he killed two more people in the prison. And he just gotten out and they admitted him into the recovery house. So without even knowing, whose hands I was praying for, right? And the guy wasn't, wasn't necessarily a believer in Jesus or anything, but God, Jesus told me, tell him I'm cleansing his hand of the blood. And, and the guy just, he was so touched by, this, by the Holy Spirit. And it just, it was shocking that God would do that. You know, like God forgives us even before we confess a lot of times, right? And, um, and we've seen that over and over again. I've seen so many people get healed who didn't believe in God. Then they decide they're going to believe in God after they're healed because they're so touched that God healed them. And um, it's, it's just that's, that's how our God operates. And so check out this next part. Um, so Jesus, 
um, Jesus finds him. Like Jesus doesn't want to just help us. He's not just about ascending up through the becoming middle class, you know, getting, paying off all everyone's debts, you know, just getting a good job, getting a better car, having money to buy the kids, your kids gifts that you never got. That's all good. No criticism of that, but Jesus, he does care that we know him. Okay. He wants to know people directly and he wants us to know him. And so check out this afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. I wonder how he found him. I guess he found him in the first place, right? At the, at the, at the beautiful gate, at the gate, at the sheep gate. And he says, behold, you become well. And he doesn't even take credit. He, he doesn't say, Hey, check it out. I made you well. It was me who made you well. He doesn't even take the credit. I love it. He says, you become well, right? Um, don't sin anymore so that nothing worse happens to you. Don't sin anymore. That means that all the way up to that point, he was sinning. So Jesus healed him, even though he was an active sinner. We don't know what his sin was. Maybe he was like a serial, uh, you know, kind of car thief. I guess they didn't have cars back then. <laughs> Mule thieves. Yeah, he couldn't have stole stereos or TVs or anything because there was no electronics, right? But maybe he stole chickens. I don't know. We don't know what his sin was. We, we don't know what, what his sin was, but Jesus says he finds him. He finds him in the temple, so that's kind of good, I guess. Maybe the guy was deciding to get religious because, wow, something happened. What was that? And so he's coming to Genoeva because he's like, wow, what happened to me? I don't get it. This is cool. And so then Jesus says, he finds him there. Jesus finds him there and says, hey, don't sin anymore lest something worse happen. You know, just don't drink and drive because maybe next time you're going to, it'll be the end. You know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to be taken out. Right. So what does that tell us about God? The way Jesus operates. What's God like if Jesus reveals God? Loving. Yeah. And he doesn't say, he doesn't say, stop sinning lest I punish you. He doesn't say, stop sinning or I'm going to punish you worse next time. No, he says, don't sin anymore lest something worse happens to you. Right? So he doesn't take responsibility for the punishing either, nor does he take responsibility for the healing. He says, you've been, you become well. Watch out, you know, watch your, watch your life, you know, watch your back. Be careful. You don't want to, we don't, I don't want anything to happen to you, man. I love you. Look, you're better off now. Keep, keep, you know, keep going in the right direction. So the man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who made him well. What's that about? This guy just goes and rats on Jesus yeah. right after Jesus treats him so well. I don't know. So it looks like Jesus is even willing to like extend grace and salvation to people that rat on him. Right? Doing that on the, the Sabbath? This is on the Sabbath. For this reason, the Jews were persecuting Jesus. So this guy got Jesus into worse trouble, but he still was healed. And, um, and then Jesus, look, I love this, Jesus. You know, Jesus could have told, he could have decided to not go there on the Sabbath. He could have said, look, you're better now. Wait till tomorrow and then go home. Take up your pallet and walk, right? But Jesus deliberately, premeditatedly broke the law, right? And so, um, but Jesus answered, my father is working until now. And I myself am working. Jessica, do you have your Bible? I don't. 
I do. Yeah. I love Jessica's Bible. What it says. My father is working and so am I. My father still works and so do I. My dad works 24-7 and so do I. Something like that. Okay. So, so Jesus is not um, like, he's not like only coming to Tierra Nueva on Sunday night, right? At 4.30. Jesus is someone who's working around the clock. Jesus and the Father are working around the clock. And they, they could come to you in the worst moment that you could imagine when you're the farthest away from God. Because that's, that's what God's like. He'll come to you right when you're in the worst state possible. Have, you ever, have any of you ever had that happen? When you were in the worst state possible, God came to you? Okay, so look at that. And so this is a beautiful God, you guys. This is Jesus and the Father. Okay, like, and he wants us to be like, he wants to deputize us so that we can be part of his posse, part of his like movement, guerrilla movement. His uh, underground, you know, movement where we slip in and out of situations and people may not even know who we are, but we still bless them. And then maybe we go and we find them and say, hey, you know, it wasn't me. God healed you. But hey, watch out, man. I don't want things to go worse for you. It says my father is always working and so am I. Oh, yeah. I love that. My father's always working and so am I. So that really got Jesus into trouble. Because look at this. Um, for this reason, therefore, the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Okay, because not only did he break the Sabbath, but also he was calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. Well, guess what? We can call God our own father. Because in John chapter 1, it says those who receive Jesus, who believe in his name, he gives us the authority to become sons and daughters of God who are born not of not of, of, from our parents, not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but are born of God. Okay. And then Jesus says to, to Nicodemus in John chapter three, those who receive the, you know, unless you are born again, like where God is your, your father and not just your human biological father being your father until you, unless you're born again, you can't see or enter the kingdom of God. So we're, just like Jesus is inviting us to be just like him, to be able to call God our father, which will get us into trouble with certain people, I guess, who will want to kill us. Because those people exist, you know, um, still, okay? But we can have the same authority because if God shows us what to do and we're in alignment with God the Father, we can see healings and stuff happen when we pray for people. So just look at this next little part, bear with me. Truly, truly, I say to you, Jesus says, okay, when, when Jesus says, truly, truly, I say to you, what would be a street way of saying that? We don't, we don't say that. I've never heard Jason say, truly, truly, I say to you. <laughs> truly, truly, I say to you. <laughs> if we start talking like that, people are going to think we're weird at Genoa. <laughs> Okay, no one starts saying that. That's gonna be that's too weird. Truly, truly, I say to you. <laughs> we'll think of another way of saying it. <laughs> I'm not lying. I'm not lying. That's what that's what it would be, right? No joke, not kidding. Yeah, not kidding. Straight up. Straight up. Okay. For real, though. All right, there we go. Okay, you're loosening up, you guys. Okay. 
Then Jesus says, um, the son or the daughter can do nothing of herself or himself. In other words, you guys, we can't do anything of ourselves unless it is something that we see the father doing. Okay? For wh whatever the father does, these things, the son or the daughter, also do in the same way. Okay, wow. Okay, so God is doing stuff. God, we can see, we get a sense of what God wants to do. Like Lorinda, I really believe that you were doing this ministry of Jesus when you called everyone on FaceTime, Facebook, and you said, pray for um, Lance. I think that that was the father who that was showing you. You have to call everybody to pray. Okay. And you were doing this exact thing that Jesus is modeling here. You were doing what the father wanted to do. He put you up to it. And then we agreed. And then boom, the healing happened. Okay. That's how God heals is when we, when we step into an agreement, alignment with what the father's wanting to do in the world. Okay. Because, and to be a good son or a daughter of the father, God, it's like to be on point listening and, and doing what he's showing us to do. And the showing us might be, we get an idea or we see it in a vision or, or it comes into our head or into our imagination. We imagine it, right? I remember calling Jeff one time and I was, um, I just, I was in Paris and I didn't even know what time it was. I was just like, call, call Stymie. And so I just called him and then he was like, I said, what are you doing, Jeff? What's up? And he goes, ah, uh, ah, uh, good, I'm fine. And, uh, and then later I heard that he had put on the ski mask and he'd gotten, his, gotten all ready to do a, a robbery. And he says that I called him at the weirdest, he said, I've, I've called him at other times at the weirdest times. And he said he couldn't go out and do it because it just creeped him out that I called him right then at like two in the morning. That was kind of funny. <laughs> and so I think that God will tell us about when we need to do, you know, call on somebody. You know, and it, and it may be just, we can prevent a suicide. We can prevent a, a, a school shooting, a mall shooting. Like, you know, there are people that at large in our community that are people that are in danger to themselves and to others. We know them, you know them. If we're on point and we're paying attention, we can be part of God's preventative movement of preventing suicides, preventing killings, preventing stabbings, preventing overdoses, everything. And, and that's what I think Tianueva's mission is, is to be ready to roll. That's what God wants for us. Okay. Yes, Emmanuel. I had an incident like that, almost like that, where I was, uh, I was riding a bike uh, uh, maybe a week and a half ago. And I was going out towards sunset. Somewhere God was saying, go towards the sunset, go towards Mount Baker. And so I, was, so I headed out towards Mount Baker. And um, and I saw this guy on the side of the road. Or he was on a motorcycle and his bike wasn't started. And so I pulled around on this on the side where he was on, gave back in another direction, got off the bike and asked him if he needed help. And he was like, Yeah, the bike's not started. So I thought, okay, you know, let's, let's try to figure this out, you know. And he was thinking about some things, whatever. And I just kind of like waved my hand over the back of the bike. I said, that's the bike you should crank. He went that bike cranked right up. He speeded mm -hmm. that switch and that bike started right up. And then there's a funny part about that was like so he took off and went home, and I, I went towards sunset, and I felt like a drizzle, and I went, I'm going to go the other way. And I went back to, all the way towards Lacanac. I never even went towards Mount Baker. I was only headed in that direction just for that one incident. Wow. Wow. See, that's like, you're a missionary. 
was, You're a missionary. Was, like, okay. I, was, I was paying attention because God kept saying, go towards sunset, go sunset, go sunset. Wow, that is so cool. So you guys, God wants us to be mobilized. He wants to mobilize. Holy Spirit wants to mobilize us. Okay, and it can be, it can be a life changing. We can be life changers. Okay, and that's what it's about. And Jesus, but the Father loves the Son and the daughter, and shows them all the things that He's doing, and the Father will show us greater works than these, so that you will be blown away, so that you'll marvel. Marvel means blown away. Okay, so God wants to, us to marvel, or be blown away, be in, in you know, shocked like by what we see happening how do you you guys want to be part of that are you ready to go we already are okay do you want us to pray that we'll see more action Amen. i want to see more action so let's pray so god fill us with your holy spirit and thank you that you um you know that when those who receive you who believe in your name jesus we become your daughters the daughters and sons of the father and your brothers and sisters and and we want to be available to you. We just say, here we are. Send us, you know, help us to notice what you are up, up to in the heavenly realm. What to help us to pay attention like Lorinda did and, um, and like Emmanuel did. Help us to pay attention and to just be, don't not procrastinate, to uh, do it when we feel like we're supposed to call somebody or visit somebody or pray for somebody. Help us to be uh, obedient because uh, we want to see things that will make us uh, be shocked and blown away in a good way. Um, and we want to see the world change. Um, we want to be part of that movement of change. So help us, give us courage. And uh, we pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen.